Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash using your power. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Thanks for joining us on Using Your Power. My name is Maveen Cora. And I'm David Andrew Hey, David, how's it going? I'm powered up, man. How are you? I thought we were going to try to switch it up. Were we? Yeah, I thought so last time, so we said we are going to try. <laughs> you can say you're powered up, too. No, I don't want to say I'm powered up. I'm doing pretty well. This is Using Your Power, man. <laughs> you got to be powered up. I am powered up. There you go. Our audience is going to hate you. Uh, no, they're not. Yeah, I know. Are we going to keep this now because we're just ranting? Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome. So what is our topic today? Today we're getting into market saturation, real or imagined. I'm sure this is something that's on a lot of people's minds as, oh yeah, well, it's too saturated. You shouldn't get into that and blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's a lot of negativity out there. Although I am actually going to be arguing <laughs> that there is market saturation, which will be fun. So you're saying that market saturation is real, and I'm going to be arguing that market saturation is not real. That's right. Awesome. So why don't you start it off for it is real? Okay. So my first point is, you know, if it's a popular and profitable market, as some things tend to be, whether it's online, you know, marketing and, and producing courses or producing eBooks or, you know, creating videos on YouTube or soliciting people on Patreon, like many people will start joining in and then which will lead to a more crowded market than it originally was. Like it could be all be in the same niche. You know, sometimes it'll be real estate and sometimes it'll be like Forex investments. And sometimes it'll be online courses in a particular niche, like such as social media. I mean, pretty soon, you know, we see one people, one person succeed and pretty soon all these other people are jumping in to join the ship. Absolutely, you know, and that's typically what happens, right? When when people are succeeding, other people will jump in. So, but I would like you to think maybe a different way. You know, as the world's population keeps uh, increasing daily, more and more people are being born, and that means there's more and more opportunity either for people to sell to the people that are not quite online and at the age of starting a business. And keep in mind, there's also a lot of development happening in China and in India, uh, two of the largest populations out there in the world right now. Well over, I'd probably say they probably got at least three billion people collectively added together. So there's a lot of opportunity to do business in China and, and India. So uh, although it may seem like it's getting saturated, maybe in North America, there's still a huge um, overseas market to attack and not attack in a, in a negative way, not with bombs and stuff, because I think that's what's kind of happening in, in right. the world with, the, with Donald Trump, unfortunately. But I mean, attack as in uh, using your business strategy to grow. You know, those are some great points, but it's actually even reflected in human behavior. I mean, think back to MySpace. Like, I don't know if you remember that, Mav, but like people were all on MySpace and they loved being on there and they made connections. And then Facebook came along and people said, yeah, you know, MySpace is kind of okay, but I'm also creating a profile on MySpace. And at first it was like half and half. And then pretty soon it was like, yeah, I'm on Facebook. Forget MySpace. Screw it. I don't want to be on there anymore. So we see that happen all the time. It's like we can't just have two sites serving the same purpose necessarily, although you know, there are different social media networks, so don't get me wrong, but people even call Google Plus a failure, despite the fact that it still exists. 
Right. Uh, you know, I think the idea of having a business that's replaced by another business doesn't necessarily mean it's been saturated. I think if we look at the uh, bell curve or uh, the um, the natural cycle of the way people buy products, you know, at typically at the starting on any business, you know, if it's MySpace, some people would have started using it. As it got more popular, more and more people would have started using it. Would have, a lot more people would have got to it a lot faster. And then it would have kind of hit their plateau. And then as that plateau, either people would have cut, you know, kind of, kind of bored of it even facebook's like that right now uh i don't think that there's a market saturation because like i said earlier there's still more and more people being born every day but it is a probably hit a, a, a point where people are like yeah you know i'm not going to go on it as much as i used to or i'm not going to go on that 20 minutes a day that we talked about in the previous episode uh you know where people are doing uh but maybe that will, as you come down in that bell curve, something else typically replaces it. So uh, although the market didn't get saturated, I think the the people using that product may just get bored. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Yeah, I think, you know, Facebook does constantly reinvent itself. And that's maybe one of the reasons why it stuck around. It annoys a lot of people too, but maybe that's part of what keeps people engaged. Another interesting example from the music world. I mean, there's really... You can only have so many of the same tribute band in the same region. You know, if you have 18 The Beatles tribute bands in your locality, I mean, somebody's going to get the gig and it's probably not going to be the other 17 bands. And even if there's enough room for two or three, I mean, how the heck do you make that happen? I mean, that's not a mistake that, you know, I would personally make, but maybe it's something that other people would do just because, hey, we love The Beatles and we want to start a tribute band too and we've seen them succeed. So let's get the gig and then, you know, pretty much pretty soon the gig is spread out over the best bands and just the best bands but that might still be five or six or seven out of those 18 so it gets crazy you know you can't have a single region cannot sustain that many tribute bands. Well, I think that goes right back to what we were saying earlier, right, David, where, you know, sure, in a free enterprise system, we can have as many people wanting to do whatever they want. So if they want to have, you know, 18 tribute bands for any particular, you know, say Beatles <laughs> or Elvis or whoever, but you're right, only, but only the best of the best will get those gigs, right? And, and the people who aren't getting the gigs, uh, such as MySpace we we're talking about compared to Facebook, uh, you know, those people will be easily edging themselves out of the equation and you know then you're left maybe with six or seven good bands good quality bands right that can get the you know uh, can be out there provide the right services provide the entertainment that they're giving the people right so i think that's one way to look at it as well it's it's i think it's market clean cleaning out the market not necessarily saturating the market well it still sucks for the band that wants to get all that money right Right. Well, if you're not, you know, and just saying, if you're not as uh, better than the best, you know, you know, if you're going to, I think it goes back to, uh, I forgot who said this, and I think it was... um, Martin Luther King Jr. And I apologize if I got the, the quote wrong and the person wrong as well. But he said, you know, if you're going to sweep, uh, sweep streets, then be the best at sweeping streets, right? So if you're going to be playing music, be the best. You know, if you're not the best, you might think, you know, a lot of people I think out there believe they are number one. And, and I think musicians especially because they're so, it's such a craft that's so individual. I know this, we've talked about this before as well. Um people have such a connection to their own music, but if they're not uh, necessary, everybody believes they're the best. I don't care if you're a painter, a musician, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever it is, right? You think you have the best skills, right? But real- the reality is there are many, many people that are continually going to be better than you. Uh, and there's more people being born today that will be better than you tomorrow, right? So I think uh, just because of that alone is if you're not, uh, you know, getting better at your practice, you may want to look at it and reconsider what you're doing because maybe although you are doing music, you might be better actually doing something else. 
Mm. Which is similar to my next point. And, you know, this is that if customers feel their needs are adequately met and they don't feel the need to change in any way, you probably won't persuade them otherwise. And I think that's a similar thing that I'm dealing with the music entrepreneur, right? I mean, there's a lot of great content over, uh, available out there. I mean, when I first started, there wasn't quite as much as what there's available now, which is good. I think it's good to see those kinds of changes. I think the second point is the biggest one. Like if they don't feel the need to change and they just want to complain about the existing system, meanwhile, they're not doing anything to make any difference or any make any changes in their career that would help them and support them get to where they want to go. Right. And this is why I believe the market saturation is not real, because as we all know, if you the only constant in the world is change. Right. So we know that. So one of the things I know for sure is there's new and new opportunities coming up every single day. And millions and millions of people around the world are able to take advantage of those opportunities because of changing technology, not just the changes within self, but also everything that's changing within ourselves. So or around us. Sorry. So I know the more things keep changing, newer and newer ideas are being developed, newer and newer apps are being developed, stuff that we didn't even know about uh you know the ipod for example was just a concept uh when it first came out you know and it replaced and revolutionized the whole industry by replacing you know discmen and walkmans and whatnot so uh, i think uh, there's no such thing as saturation because people will continually look for new ideas and and build on those well but part of technology is enablement right it makes it so easy for anybody to start anything you can start a business online with you know if you want to do e-commerce you can easily set up a in a Shopify store, it's very easy to do. If you want to start an educational site where you're selling informational products, WordPress is great for that. If you want to get your podcast up and running, I mean, we use WordPress, but we publish it to iTunes too. So like everybody can get their podcast on iTunes, just like we have. I mean, it's so much easier than it ever was. And if the barriers to entry are, are low, doesn't that mean that it's harder to stand out? Uh, you're right. And the harder to stand outside, you're right. And that's why you have to make yourself different than everybody else, right? And I think that's why the market's not saturated because you have as many opportunities as you want to be different as possible from everybody else out there, right? Uh, I know one of the things for sure, I know you kind of hit on this earlier with the eBooks, you know, and and there's more eBooks coming out every day because more people have more different experience that other people don't have, right? And that's why, although if you go to the bookstore, they're still writing books on sales and they're still writing books on relationships. Why? You know, do we need any more? Not really. So you're right. Uh, In that respect, maybe it is saturated. It is real. We don't really need it. But because more people have an experience that other people can relate to, we continue to put out more books and more videos and more uh, courses because, you know, just because you learn one way doesn't mean you're going to learn from a particular person. I may learn a different way and I may connect to somebody else, right? So if there's a lot more people out there finding new ways to connect to other people, they can definitely keep building on their market. Mm, Great point. Do you have any other thoughts there, Matt? I do have one last one. Um, You know, excuse me. Uh, You know, more and more people, I think, are turning, uh, you know, everyday purchases and services that they weren't able to buy because of technology and stuff. Uh, so, you know, I don't think there is a market saturation because new new uh, products keep coming out, things that people weren't able to buy. I know, for example, um, 
you know, with us for right now, you know, in 2017, we got the 2000, uh, we got an iPhone 7 right now, uh, out right now. And I think there's probably an iPhone 8 coming out very soon. But the cool thing is, you know, there's people overseas in third world countries that don't even have access to this kind of technology. So even though th there might be a saturation in North America with this product, then iPhone 7 will actually be brand new overseas in the third world country because they haven't had an opportunity to use this. So what the, so even because a one market may become saturated, it doesn't mean another market will be saturated uh, in the same time. But then are you admitting that it can become saturated in one market? Well, that's what I was saying earlier, right? It, it, when things hit the bell curve, when it hits the top of the bell curve, it hits a peak. And that's when companies have to come up with new technology or, you know, the technology they're kind of holding on their back end uh, and release that new technology. So is it is it market saturation? Not necessarily, because even to this day, there's still people who don't have a TV, who refuse to buy one. There's people who never bought a VCR, never bought a, um, whatever, a tape player. And there's a lot of people who never bought a Discman or a Walkman or, a, or an iPod or people still don't even have cell phones so the market is still open to potentially reaching these people but there are part of the market that's never going to buy products or services either hmm. well i think it's important for our listeners to hear both sides of the equation and i think you just did you know really good arguments for for both sides if you know market saturation is real or imagined i, I think that's something for you to make up your mind about but i think we've heard you know both mav and i through network marketing and through other opportunities that really you know the opportunities are endless and all we have to do oftentimes is just make a little tweak or make a little bit of a pivot in what we're doing to find success in what we're already doing and so you might be inches away and just not even know it at times all right, and I'm going to kind of give a point on the other side of things, saying market uh, saturation is real for a second. So, sure. you know, one of the things I know more and more uh, people are going out there and, and they're kind of sick of, you know, the North American lifestyle. You know, it's this work, go to work, nine to five, and, and pay your bills and go home and do the same thing again, week, day after day, week after week, uh, kind of, you know, and, and more and more you're starting to see people are starting to getting into, you know, the Eastern uh, kind, uh, kind of philosophy versus the Western philosophy. So I think the the eastern philosophy of life uh, has kind of saturated itself and more and more people are starting to look for alternative ways um, that they can live their lives right i think more of a way of getting back to the way things used to be without technology uh, and stuff like that so i know we just talked about the future of technology and smartphones at least on a previous episode but you know i think more and more people are starting to want to kind of disconnect versus stay connected yeah, I mean, to your point, too, like Mexico has got that siesta, right? I mean, you take an hour-long nap or whatever it is you want to do during that the, the hottest time of the day. So that's something that, I mean, they, they do to, you know, as part of their culture. So the, the cultural thinking really changes a lot of things, even within North America. Yeah, I agree. No, yeah, for sure. You're but, right. But, but, you know, you're right. And, and I think more and more people are starting to say, you know what, we can still... I think you made a point earlier that, you know, um, you don't need a million dollars to live. I think you were saying there's a, a number that most people can make uh, in a year that satisfies their needs without causing too much stress and, and still allows them to be happy and, and pay all their bills and be fulfilled. Do you remember what that number was, David? So that's not actually what it is. It's $70,000. And what it is, is no people are no happier after earning that any amount greater than that. Right. You, so they're, they're not measuring their bills and... No, I mean, they're just not any measurably happier. There's not, no science or no evidence to suggest that you'll be a happier person because you're earning 100000 versus 70000 Okay, so slightly different uh, than I thought, but, you know, it, it kind of shows that most people could be happy at 70 or maybe 
just as miserable at 70, I guess, is what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. They right. could be. So, you know, but I think the more people, if they had $70,000 a year and then were able to control their time, I'm assuming you would agree with this too, and, and, and choose to where they spent that $70,000 a year, uh, they would then be able to maybe find a way to enjoy their lives and maybe find more happiness just because you're making $70,000 a year. But if you have no time to enjoy that money, of course, that's why you'd probably have zero happiness uh, because you're continually working. I know, for example, not saying doctors make only 70,000 they make a heck of a lot more money than that uh, good doctors and surgeons and whatnot but again if you're working 16 18 hours a day really are you happy because you're not really uh, able to enjoy your money you're not enjoy, uh, enjoy your family uh, you may not be able to get away from the office because there's such a need for you right so uh, in certain jobs I think there is a way to potentially get saturated in your in your um in your at your job, but sometimes I don't think it's the job itself. Sometimes it's just your mindset gets saturated, not the opportunity. I think another way of saying it is that yes, income may have a measurable effect on your happiness, but only to a point. I think that's really the best way of, of putting that. I agree. Fair enough. Cool. Awesome, man. So uh, why don't we do the outro? Let's do it. So find us at usingyourpower.com. Leave a comment. Leave a message. Download our free audio course while you're there. And if you're on iTunes, a Stitcher, or elsewhere, then leave a rating and review and help us spread the word about the show. Absolutely. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.